Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Bluetooth Bacteria Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina, and I'm here with my iGEM team members. If you're new to this podcast, we are part of the Pittsburgh iGEM team, and our goal is to talk about current advances in synthetic biology and its different applications. Today, we are very excited to have Alex from the Baltimore BioCrew iGEM team to talk a little bit about what they're working on and some of the challenges they have faced so far. Thanks, Alex, for being here today. It's great to be here. Good morning, everyone. Morning. Um, I think that's so cool that, just a little background, so the Baltimore BioCrew is a high school team, and, and usually iGEM is made up of uh, college kids. So I think it's so cool that you're, you're doing this as a high schooler. Thank you very much. Yeah, so we have a community laboratory in Baltimore, Maryland, where we all can come and do scientific research. So the idea behind a community laboratory is that people that live in the area can come and pursue their research that they wouldn't be able to do at home. So our lab manager went ahead and put out a memo about um, iGEM to some local students in the area, and a bunch of high school students decided that they want to be part of it. So we have a team of about 20 people that are doing work with us, and we're really excited to be doing iGEM this year. So you guys are all from different high schools, and you've like never met before, right? Yeah, so this is our first interaction with each other over Zoom and this bizarre quarantine sort of time. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely hard during, during this pandemic, but it's very, very cool that you guys are still able to do it despite being in different areas. So you, I guess it's really cool you guys get to meet new people with this. Yeah, there's pandemic. definitely a really cool social aspect to this um, interaction. And I know we were talking a little bit before we started recording, but you said that you're going back into the lab soon. Do you think you're going to get to experiment and have some of that lab application by the time the competition happens in October? Yeah, so we're just now getting back into the lab this Saturday, actually. So um, we're going to have some experimental data that we'll be able to work with. Well, that's, that's really awesome. I know a lot of teams don't have a lab access, so that's really going to help you guys. So um, can you actually just tell us about what your project is? Like what you're yeah. working on? So we identified a problem uh, through our literature review that um, in the ocean populations in general, about uh, the phytoplankton populations are declining about 1% per year. And phytoplankton are a critical uh, organism in the marine uh, ecosystem because they sit at the base of the food web. So as phytoplankton populations decrease, we see a decrease in apex predators higher up and it just kind of ripples through all of the ocean ecosystem. So we decided we wanted to do something to change that. So we looked at some mutations that naturally occur in organisms that exist in iron deficient environments because iron is a vital nutrient for phytoplankton and if phytoplankton were more able to consume the iron that is available they would be able to proliferate and um, live in the ocean more effectively so we looked in iron deficient environments for organisms that have mutations to naturally consume iron more efficiently and we're using those to transform cyanobacteria to more effectively consume iron. Um, so that the idea, the broad idea would be that um, we would be able to help the ocean population by creating phytoplankton that could more effectively consume the iron that's already there. That's, that's really cool. So basically the reason why phytoplankton has a much smaller population than it should is because it doesn't take up enough iron? So there's a number of reasons that are um, causing phytoplankton to decrease. The most major factor is climate change. So phytoplankton can't live in water when it's too warm. Um, so they're starting to die off. Okay. So the iron is more of a mitigative measure? Exactly. So your design is basically to make phytoplankton uptake more iron. So how exactly are you trying to design that? 
So there's a number of ways that we're doing this. So phytoplankton use something called siderophores, which um, are ligands that they release into the water that bind to iron three. Um, and then those phytoplankton are able to use the siderophores to take the iron into their cell. Um, and then they have um, iron three that they can consume. But the problem is um, iron three is not a usable form of iron for phytoplankton. So they have specialized proteins called reductases whose function are to reduce iron three to iron two, which is something that they can consume. So the system goes, um, siderophore captures iron three and the reductases turn that into iron two for the cell to consume. Um, so our idea is to um, look at some um, evolved siderophores that are from iron deficient environments and use some of their mutations to design cyanobacteria to um, uptake iron and reduce it more effectively. Okay, so you guys will be engineering phytoplankton directly. I know that people generally engineer like bacteria and yeast because they're, they're just easy to use and easy to transform DNA and, and different proteins. So have you guys experienced any challenges? Well, I know you haven't had lab access yet, but how, how, how are you guys going about engineering phytoplankton? I know it'll be a little bit more complicated because it's an algae, right? An algae, mm -hmm. so, technically? Phytoplankton is actually a very broad term that refers to both eukaryotic and prokaryotic organisms. Um, so cyanobacteria fall under um, some of the very few prokaryotic phytoplankton. So that's why we chose them as a model organism to do this experiment. Okay, so specifically you're going to use like a cyanobacteria. Exactly. Okay. So for that you just transform it the same as you would E. coli? Um, as far as I know, I haven't actually looked at the experimental design yet since we haven't really been in the lab, but um, it's just a bacterial transformation that looks very similar to E. coli. So what are some of the biggest problems and challenges your team has faced so far? Um, so probably the biggest one is just trying to get everything done over Zoom. It's a lot harder to be as efficient as you could be um, if, you're in, if you're in person. Um, another big challenge in, that we've faced is uh, what we would do if the phytoplankton population were to grow out of control. Um, so our team is large, enough, is large enough that we're fortunate to have sub-teams working on different problems. So I know a little bit more about this specific um, problem because my subgroup is working on it. Um, so what we're doing is we're engineering a kill switch to avoid um, algal blooms. Mm -hmm. um, I guess cyanobacteria blooms since we're using cyanobacteria. But the idea is that uh, we found an iGEM team that used an iron-sensitive promoter that downregulates gene expression um, based on the presence of iron. So our goal is to um, invert that using the LAC operons to, um, so that the presence of iron causes the upregulation of gene expression. Um, then put that entire inverted promoter system in front of a CCDB suicide gene. So the idea is in the presence of iron, um, CCDB is activated and that causes the cell to induce apoptosis. And we're working on improving the sensitivity of the iron sensitive promoter so that it um, would work in the presence of iron concentrations in the ocean since those concentrations are significantly lower um, than those used by the team that did the um, that did this test previously. So that's probably the second major problem that we face, and that's our way of uh, solving the issue. So just to clarify, so you're using the low iron concentrations to initiate this modified iron uptake process, um, and then you're also you also have the kill switch, which is activated by higher concentrations of iron. Is that what you're exactly. saying? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So so it wouldn't be too sensitive and and kill off the the regular like overpower the the local phytoplankton is what you're that's that the goal so on, in terms of the design that we've created we've um 
Um, I'm not sure how much detail you really want me to get into, but the way it works is we've um, added more binding sites into the promoter system so that it's more sensitive to the presence of iron um, and controlling at which iron concentration the promoter is activated is um, going to be trial by fire. Um, mm -hmm. So we're not exactly sure if we can have that worked out at this point in time, but that's another struggle that we're um, trying to work through. Okay, so the kill switch would not be at the same concentration as the promoter switch, right? That's the biggest difference. Okay. Exactly. I mean, the idea is um, the the iron uptake six the iron uptake system is on a different promoter system than the kill switch system. So the iron uptake is always on, um, mm -hmm. and the kill switch is iron inducible. Okay, so by introducing this sort of like new kind of phytoplankton, I know there's like a kill switch, but um, what are some of the negative effects of, for example, having an overgrown cyanobacteria in the environment? Are there going to be very negative side effects on the ecosystem or is it not as bad yeah so if you could just walk us through like what the what would happen if we didn't have the kill switch yeah so the biggest possible downside without the kill switch is the possibility of a phytoplankton bloom um so what that would do would just create um, many organisms that live in, at the surface um, and block out the sunlight so that organisms further down would not be able to photosynthesize um, and that would kill off um, animals at the producer level, which would ricochet all the way up through the um, food web. Um, so that would obviously be bad. That would be um, the opposite of what we're trying to do by improving the base of the ecosystem. So um, that's the biggest problem that we're trying to mitigate with the kill switch. Do you know what amount, this might be a totally random question but do you know about like what amount is good for the environment or kind of like what number are you trying to keep it at within like a certain area of space so phytoplankton populations are decreasing by one percent annually in the ocean just in general um so we're trying to mitigate that decrease so the idea would be to um see that go level instead of going downwards for listeners in igem our goal is to come up with solutions that could have long-lasting effects in the world um, but our projects don't necessarily have to go into the environment. So we're trying, that's the ultimate goal. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be put into the environment from our labs. Um, just, just so you know, so you're not afraid that, you know, us students are putting, <laughs> putting genetically modified organisms into the environment. We do a lot of testing. Once we have our products, um, they go, they get judged by the competition. And then sometimes teams will bring their products out into the market. Um, with further research and further testing and go into like the academic world. So our job is to just generate new ideas, come up with new ways, new solutions in the small scale in the lab, and then the future can take care of what, how far into the environment it goes. Alex, I know you mentioned earlier that you had like subgroups working on like different parts of your project. How many people exactly are you working with right now? We're working with about 20 people on our project. That's that's a that's a big team. <laughs> Has that been difficult to work with, um, or have you found any comp struggles or any complications with working in a group that big? Um, like, what are the pros and cons? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, the most major pro is the ability to divide into subgroups and accomplish many things at once. Um, the biggest con is having a full understanding of the project. So for example, I know a lot about the kill switch because that's the project that I'm working on, but I don't know as much about the iron uptake system since I'm not working on that. So it's great from a team perspective that we can get uh, many things done at once, but it's hard from an individual perspective because I'm, I don't have the fullest understanding of our project.
we are actually like a really small team. So we're very involved in, in almost every aspect of it. <laughs> um, it does make it difficult at times to keep up with it, but um, yeah, I can see that there ha- uh, that there's pros and cons to having a big team and a small team, and especially be difficult for you guys because of COVID nineteen, and you guys aren't able to meet in person. Yeah, and that makes it a little bit harder to have as much of an understanding about what's going on across subgroups. Mm-hmm. But you guys, I believe you guys will have lab access, right? We will very soon this weekend. Oh, okay. Yes. Are we talking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so since you're, you're going to have lab access, do you have a plan of action, um, you know, experimental-wise, if, if you're going to start with, the, with all the subgroups at once, or if you're going to be trying to do some sort of order? Like, can you tell us a little bit about your plan for the next couple months? So the idea is we're allowed to have three people in a lab per time um, at any given time. So three people is about half of one subgroup, maybe depending on the group, it could be the entire group. It would be one subgroup in the lab at a time. And the first um, line item that we're trying to cross off is culturing cyanobacteria in the lab. Um, So that's the first team is working on that this weekend. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Is there anything else you would like to talk about that we didn't ask? I want to reiterate um, what Leah had mentioned that this is not um, something that we'd just be dumping into the ocean without going through and making sure that everything was perfect. This is still very much in the proof of concept phase. Um, We have a lot of unknowns that we're still trying to work out. So we're really excited to prove this concept, but we're not taking it any further right now. Your disclaimer to our audience. (laughs) (laughs) Nonetheless, I think it's a really great project. And thank you so much for being here today. We really enjoyed hearing about it and learning more about trying to save this phytoplankton. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to have the opportunity to talk about this. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's all the time we have for today. Um, so this was BioCrew. We were talking with Alex um, as a representative, and they were the first high school team that we met. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening.